With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. You see, Cupid works hard in February, but our friends over at Manscaped are working harder than ever to ensure your Valentine's Day is one to remember. But don't turn this day of romance into Independence Day this year and get in control with their Performance Package 4.0, which includes the signature Lawnmower 4.0. This February, join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer just for you guys. Go to manscaped.com and use code PIMPF for 20% off plus free shipping. Contrary to popular belief, love is not blind when you can't see past the love jungle. Mm. Oh my. Manscaped.com, baby. And radio check. It's Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday. What? It's Friday then. Saturday, Sunday, what? Yeah, it's okay. It's Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday, what? Woo! Sing it to me, Lando. Sing it to me, indeed. And yes, your ears aren't deceiving you. There is a sponsor on the show. We'd like to thank Manscaped for jumping on and supporting the podcast for the entire month of February. Check out what they have on their site. Link in description. But it's now time to hand the mic over to a man. All right, that manscapes and grooms his testicles almost on a day-to-day basis. A man that doesn't have a single hair on his body, that man is Mr. David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right. Ladies and gentlemen, grip it with both hands because it's your main squeeze. Cooldy, a.k.a. the Cooldopotamus, and I'm sitting by the 100-foot infinity pool that is overlooking the pimp racing circuit. Cosby, 
47.5 billion dollars. It can house 173 million fans. And I'm feeling pretty damn good right now. But what? Sorry, what the hell is that over there? Oh, wait. It's just my Fermi, and if you wouldn't mind parking on up in there, as it is the parking in my Fermi show, the number one company F1 podcast in the world, according to my mum, and she's never wrong. We've got all the news, opinions, discussions, results, reviews, previews, love triangles, top 10 lists, and more. If it happened in Formula One and my idiot assistant Klaus can be bothered writing it down on a sheet of paper, then I'm going to talk about it, baby. Because it's episode 105, but don't be a gloomy gus if you've missed out on the previous 104. Head over to parkingofmyfermate.com, the number one website out there in the big worldwide web that doesn't contain porn yet. Or better yet, look down at your podcast listening device and hit that subscribe and follow button a little slap and tickle like it was a long lost lover. That way, you get to be the first in the world to hear my sexy, smooth soothing sounds and there ain't nothing wrong with getting down and dirty in the slot with the Cordopotamus. Whoop! Also, don't forget about the socials at Parking in My Ferme on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, slide in the DMs and yes, yes, you are all still sending me dick pics and I'm not really appreciating it but I am forwarding them on to Klaus because he loves them. Reminds him of his childhood, he said. I don't know what that means. I feel it's getting kind of dark. But what the hell are we going to talk about today? Well, we'll be having a little chat about the world of Formula One and how it would look if Ayrton Senna survived that crash in Imola back in 1994 and how it impacts F1 today, as well as the ultimate top 10, the top 10 drivers in the history of Formula One, as well as much, much more. So grab yourself a nice pimp silk robe. Oh, parkingmyfermate.com slash merch. Rub yourself from head to tippy toe in the oils. Grab a nice double Midori on ice. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Robert Wally. Oh, thank you guys. Yeah, great job. Smooth operator. Smooth operator. <laughs> Make sure you like the socials at Park It In My Ferme on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram. That's exactly what you need to do. What are you doing there? Go and like them. But don't don't spend too much time liking them because we've got to now focus on the season because we're on the road, baby. Woo! Oh my god. I'm fired up. Sing and dance with me, boys and girls. Bahrain. That's right, we are on the road. We're officially in February. Season starts next month. We've got some testing coming up. Liveries are going to be shown to us. Oh, I am very excited. And I'll tell you what, these liveries, if they don't have a $100,000 diamond encrusted on the front, on the nose cone, I mean, I'm I'm going to be very disappointed. Or if they're not Star Wars themed, God, Red Bull, sort it out. Come on, guys. But I'm very excited. We are not far away at all, but we need to dive straight into it. Because I've got a bit of a what-if scenario. Now, I need to start out by saying that what-if scenarios are just for a bit of fun to see how the landscape of the sport would have changed and if my aunt had a penis, she'd be my uncle. I know that's the same. I was sitting there the other day and I was getting a nude message from Klaus, as I often do, and it got me thinking about Ant and Senna. 
would he be the greatest driver of all time if he'd survived that horrific crash back in 1994? Let's look at the facts right now. Ayrton is a three-time world champion. Only racing for 10 years in Formula 1, he raced in a total of 161 F1 races and he won 41 of them with 80 podiums, 65 pole positions and 19 fastest laps. He tragically lost his life on the 1st of May 1994 when he crashed in Imola at the San Marino Grand Prix. Senna was leading the race at the time of the incident and furthermore, Michael Schumacher went on to win the World Championship that year and it would be his first of seven in the sport. So the question to be asked is, what if Senna survived the crash? What if he was able to miraculously walk away from the incident and return at the next race in Monaco? The 1994 season results for the two races that Senna completed in were a bit of a mixed bag. Well, no, no, they weren't. They were shit. They were utter shithouse. He retired in both of those two races at the start of the season in both Interlagos and the Pacific Grand Prix. However, Senna was able to secure pole position in both races. He was blisteringly quick in that Williams and looking at how his teammate Damon Hill was racing Schumacher in Adelaide at the final race of the season for the championship, we can certainly say that Senna's car that season was quick enough to win the title. Hill also had a rough start to the season. Yes, he got a second place in Brazil, that was followed up by two retirements and a sixth place. It was clear that the new regulations, the removal of the driver aids and electronic assistance like traction control and all that was given the drivers a little bit of grief. There was a few teething problems, but it wasn't long before they were able to get on top of it and start yielding the results they were expecting to get. Because of this, we need to make the assumption that Senna is no different. In arguably the fastest car in the field, he would have tamed it. And within the next race being Monaco, the track he dominated his whole career, so much so that they dubbed him the king of Monaco, it's safe to assume he may have taken the win there as well. Even if that was all, even if that was it, that was the only difference that was made. That means that Damon Hill wins the Drivers' World Championship that season, with 12 races to go, Senna would have eaten into an early lead that Schumacher had, just like Damon Hill did, and instead of the controversial ending in Adelaide in 1994, we would have seen either Damon Hill or Ayrton Senna crown champion that season. See, I think Schumacher still wins in 1995. That Benetton was just, as the kids would say, it was built differently. Hill and David Coulthard in that Williams in 95 couldn't get near Schumacher, who won over Hill by 33 points. Which was a lot back then in the old point system. It's a domination. But Schumacher then retires like he did at the end of the 2012 season. Only a pathetic six-time world champion now, not seven. Horrible. Only six? What a loser. This then means that Sir Lewis Hamilton in 2020 season has claimed his seventh world title in Turkey in that amazing wet race and he would most likely retire at the end of the season. Take a listen to Hamilton getting that historic win. The world championship record is equaled. Lewis Hamilton wins the Turkish Grand Prix and is a seven time champion of the world. Mate, you have got to be proud of that. What an awesome drive. <laughs> Do you so much, guys. Woo! Woo! 
for all the kids out there who dream the impossible. You can do it too, man. I believe in you guys. Thank you so much, everyone, for your support. Oh, he does it for the kids, man. This one's for the kids. He doesn't want to keep racing if he's already beaten every record in the books. He wants to go off and make some music, eat some vegan food, play with Roscoe, and think about that time he got to finger a pussycat doll. Max Verstappen, then, has time of his life in 2021. No Hamilton challenging him. George Russell is in the seat a season earlier in that Mercedes. So the possibilities are endless with this. Senna could have won three more world titles if he survived. But even if he didn't win a single one, even if he just, just took some points away from Michael Schumacher, it would have changed everything for decades to come. What do you guys think? Do you agree? Do you think the same thing I think? If he had survived in 1994, do you think he would have taken any points away from Schumacher, which meant Hill would have won the title that year, which meant when Schumacher retired with six, Lewis retires with seven, and Lewis is already out of the sport. I don't know. I just found it fascinating. I was just going on a little thought tr trail the other day, and that's just what I was thinking about. Let me know over on the socials, at Parkley by Fermi, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, but now it's time for your stat of the week. I'm a stat man, Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, stat time, yeah. Oh, so much stats, so many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Oh, stats, 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 yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. I am a stat man. But we're going to have a little look at, I like this stat I've got for you today. It's laps led in the championship, the highest and lowest percentages. So this is, the, we're going to look at the lowest first. So this is the lowest percentage amount of laps led by the person that became the world champion. And I think some of these stats are remarkable. Okay, we're going to start off with Mike Hawthorne in 1958, who led only 15.78% of his laps. Nelson Piquet, when he won in 87, he only led 15.26%. John Thirteen with 12.33 when he got The next two are what's really incredible though. Emerson Afetabaldi. He only led 7.87% of his laps when he won. And Keke Rosberg, he only led 7.55%. That's how tight those seasons were. That you can only lead 7.5% of all laps and still win the World Drivers' Championship. But what about the most? Well, let's talk about that. 2004, Michael Schumacher with 60.87% of laps led. In 1994, Michael Schumacher led 61.76% of laps. And then in 2011, Seb Vettel, when he was dominating, led 65.23% of laps in his championship year. Nigel Mansell in 92 led 66.99% and dominant 1963 season from Jim Clark who led 71.47% of all the laps Ooh. so I guess Lewis Hamilton wasn't that dominant after all I mean he wasn't leading he's not even top 5 when it comes to leading the most amount of laps in a season and winning that championship I, I don't know 
How's that for your stellar weight? He's a stat man. Oh, that was a good stat. Yeah, such a good stat. Such a such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. She wanted to grab a hold of his magic stick. And he was about to get some slap and ticker with the girl of his dreams. Until... He just realised the forest that had been growing down there. And he quickly jumped onto manscaped.com and used code PIMP for free worldwide shipping and 20% off. With the lawnmower 4.0, his balls were about to be as smooth as eggs and his anaconda was going to get some because she's got buns, hun. Her satisfaction levels were going to be higher than Snoop Dogg and she, she was going to be wetter than the Belgian Grand Prix last season. And it's all because he ordered the performance package 4.0. Her nickname was Snickers because she was that satisfied. She noticed the close shave, no nicks. The balls were toned with the crop reviver and smelling so fresh and so clean with that crop preserver and that wasn't all. The thicket of hair in his nostrils taken care of with the weed whacker and this man was about to get himself some good old fashioned sex. Probably missionary, but it was guaranteed to give your lover an orgasm every single time. Probably. And that's just science. Manscaped.com Himpf Free shipping 20% off Manscaped.com Your one-stop shop to getting your balls looking and smelling like the top of Dwayne The Rock Johnson's head. <laughs> Setting the mood nicely, Klaus, I like it. And how appropriate because Valentine's Day is coming up and it's super important, listeners, for your balls to be as clean as possible. Because if you have that special someone that's getting a little curious with what's going on down there and you want them to be pleasantly surprised and nothing says I love you to your lover than a set of fresh, clean listening plums you see the performance package 4.0 will leave you with more dating app notifications than cupid has arrows this lovely bundle comes equipped with the best tools needed when freshening up for a night out on the town and inside the performance package 4.0 you'll find the signature lawnmower 4.0 this electric trimmer let me tell you it's designed to trim hair on loose skin Oh, yeah. The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with a 4,000K LED spotlight. That's bright enough to shine a light to your true love this year. And I tell you what, you want to get that light right up in there because you need to see it. You don't want to leave a little patch there. A, a nasty surprise. No, 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 no. And remember, Confucius says... Education breeds 
confidence. So it's time you get educated on the ultimate grooming routine for all your areas of romance this year. This package also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer to whack all the worst of your weeds. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts for you because they love you. Their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep your boys cool, calm and collected. Ooh. Oh, here we go. Oh, you're changing the mood on me, Klaus. Ugh. Klaus, put the guitar away. Woo! The extra freshness and performance package also includes Manscaped's a liquid formulation like the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. This deodorant works wonders out of the shower while the toner is the perfect on-the-go weapon that is designed to keep your goods smelling wonderful all day and all night long. Let's not just focus on the southern region this time of year. Manscaped Refined Cologne is the cherry on top of the perfect date package. Pepe Le Pew approved this. He did. I saw him. It offers a masculine yet light scent that will leave your lady speechless. Manscaped has you covered this Valentine's Day. Get yourself the gift that you and your date will both appreciate. Go to manscaped.com for your exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping with the code PIMPF, P-I-I-M-F, for parking him in your firm, mate. Woo! PIMPF, baby. Remember, you can't buy love, but you can buy a clean pair of balls. Mmm. Tell you what, they're smelling mighty good right now. Klaus, don't get him out now. Don't get him. Oh, Klaus, you got to... Oh, Jesus Christ. You've got to see a doctor, Klaus. That shouldn't be happening with your testicles. I mean... Yeah, okay. You don't need to put them away now. Whew. Klaus. What a huge, huge... Fi- oh, no. Can you... Oh, no. Klaus, it's happened again. It's happened again. I had some dodgy Indian earlier. I have. It's running right through me. Little nasty vindaloo. I've got to go. Please just keep the people entertained. Please, Klaus, please. Thank you. For generations, people would watch cars go by until they finally wanted them to go by fast. Racing was then born. And who was going to talk about all the racing? Why, Caldi, of course. Welcome to the Pocket in My Ferme Show, the number one comedy F1 podcast in the world. Here's your host, Caldi. Whoa, huge first half. Done and dusted. Talked about big what if with Senna. And welcome aboard our new sponsor, Manscaped.com. But that's not all. There's a massive, colossus second half on the way as well, where we go through the top 10 Formula 1 drivers of all time. No controversy at all. I bet you everyone will agree with what I have to say. So fire up, Klaus! Because it's a big one. Oh, it's so big, I might have to take a picture of it and send it to a couple of girls' DMs. That's how big it is. And huge few shows coming up as well as we start predicting the results of what's going to happen in the 2022 season. So you don't want to miss out on them. Make sure you subscribe and follow on your podcast listening device. Now, Klaus, I've told you before, you need to start fading me out. 
And the music too. And the music too. That's it. That's it. Make sure you like the socials at Park It In My Ferme on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's exactly what you need to do. Why haven't you done it yet? I'm posting some good stuff, baby. Some good memes on there. And my articles too. I'm writing a little bit of a blog on the website. Go check it out. Parkitinmyferme.com. Have a look at the blog. Just talking about a few things that are happening in the world. You know, just trying to get people excited. But anyway, enough dicking around because now it's time for super serious chat. Because right now we're going to talk about the top 10 drivers of all time. Now, this is a bit of a doozy and I'm a glutton for punishment. And I know that I'm never going to please everyone, but listed below are my top 10 F1 drivers of all time. So I need to make sure I put Formula One or F1 there because Sebastian Loeb and Valentino Rossi would certainly make the list if it was top 10 drivers of all time. So without further ado, let's see how many people I can piss off today with this list. Okay, number 10. Nikita, give them titties a squeeze, Mazepin. Woo! All right, all right, calm down. Turns out we can't even have a joke around here without my head being bitten off. Look, this list is going to give you the shits. It just is. You're never going to please everyone. Well, I mean, especially if I'm using that manscaped. Woo! So I don't know why I even try. But what I am going to do is justify my reasons. I'm going to write why I've put them there and why they don't deserve to be higher or lower on this list. So let's get started. Number 10, Jim Clark. Oh, let me tell you about Jim Clark. Eight years. That's it. That's all he raced. That's all he needed. Not much. Didn't need it. Didn't need more. When I made love to Mrs. Cordopotamus, it doesn't need to be for hours. Just get in, do your thing, and leave. And that's exactly what Jim Clark did. 72 starts, 25 wins, 32 podiums, 33 pole positions, 28 fastest laps, and two championships, if you don't mind. His 1963 championship was a sheer masterclass of driving all podiums apart from the first race. He just needed to warm up, that's all. Then it was first, 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 second, first, third, first, first. How's that for a season in Formula One? Well done, Jim Clark, being named the first on the list of greatest Formula One drivers of all time. Number nine, Fernando Alonso. Look, let's talk about this cat, yeah? Okay. He was the man that ended the reign of Michael Schumacher. And now I was not a fan of Fernando Alonso at the time. I wanted nothing more for him to just lose, but he went back to back and did it in such dominant fashion. P.S. He is so much better looking now than he was back then. Ooh, hubba hubba. Aging like fine wine. Ooh. He's a two-time champ back to back 0506. He's been a, in about a bajillion races. Well, 333 races and counting. 32 wins, 98 podiums, 22 pole positions and 23 fastest laps. That 2006 season, he was on another level. For the first nine races of the season, Fernando finished first or second. He wasn't quite on the level of Schumacher prior to him, or even Vettel afterwards, but you can't take anything away from him. He flat out set himself apart and put Renault on the map. Great to see him still going in the sport as well. Was not one of the keen supporters. I wasn't like jumping for joy when he said he was coming back, but I admit... There was a few times in my life when I've been wrong, only a few, and that was one of them. He's been great to have back in the sport and watching him 
in Hungary, defend against Lewis Hamilton, oh, as well as pick up a podium in Qatar. I hope we see him up towards the pointy end of the field next season. Number eight, Nicky Lauda. Lauda was doing Michael Jordan things before Michael Jordan. Goes out there, wins a couple of titles. He retires, chills, sinks some cans on the beaches around the world, comes back and wins another world championship, if you don't mind. The man, of course, is deserving of being on this list. Three-time world champ. The guy was on fire with his racing. And, and, and literally, he was on fire. 171 race starts, 25 wins, 54 podiums, 24 pole positions, 24 fastest laps. But his three world championships is what set him, sets him apart. Winning one in 75, then again in 77. Took a little break, got bored, came back and won another one in 1984. Try that one on for size. Yeah, he deserves to be on the list. And I don't want to hear another fucking word about it. Number seven. Jackie Stewart. Jack, Jack, Jackie. I can't get you off my mind. See, time for Jackie Stewart to make his way onto the list. Now, when he isn't jet-setting around the globe picking up chicks, he is making appearances on TV and looking like he will drop dead at any second. The man looks old. But prior to all that, did you know he dominated the track just like he dominates the red light district in Amsterdam? Three-time world champ, 1969, 71, and 73. Couldn't back-to-back it at one time. But he did that in just 99 starts, 27 wins, 43 podiums, 17 pole positions, 15 fastest laps. The career, it wasn't long. But just like me in the bedroom, you don't need that much time to make an impact, baby. Ooh, get in, get out. Whoa! The efficiency was unbelievable, and that's why Sir Jackie Stewart is only in only eight years of racing has cemented a legacy in the world of Formula 1. And of course you make the list, Sir Jackie, seventh best driver of all time. Not too shabby if I if I do say so myself. And number six, Sebastian Vettel. Look, I'm Australian, so naturally I want to say I hate Sebastian Vettel. Multi-21, Seb, multi-21. Just follow team orders. But as he's matured, he's gotten wiser. Older, lost some hair at Ferrari and then grew it back remarkably. But more importantly, dominating the world of Formula 1 in that Red Bull with four consecutive world titles from 2010 to 2013. And what makes these four titles incredible was the level of competition at the time. There was a young stud named Lewis Hamilton there. Jensen Button, Mark Webber, Kimi Raikkonen, Fernando Alonso, Felipe Massa. Seb Vettel won two championships. The one in 2010 and the one in 2012 that both came down to the last race of the season. Two incredible and amazing seasons to watch. Clutch performance by Vettel in the Red Bull. 279 races, 53 wins, 122 podiums, 57 pole positions, 38 fastest laps, and he's still going strong today, getting himself a handy podium in an Aston Martin that has no business being anywhere near the podium. He's now become a decent human being as well. Quite funny and entertaining, and it really shows just how young these drivers are when they enter the world of Formula 1. He is deserving of being the sixth greatest driver in the history of F1. Also, as soon as you leave Red Bull, it turns out you're, you're not an arsehole. You turn into a fairly decent human being. And I like Red Bull. So I, I don't know. But we're going to take a little bit of a break now because... Klaus, I, 
was looking out of the corner of my eye. And I saw you chilling, relaxing, wearing one of those pimp silk robes. You like it, don't you? You like it and you look good. You look really good, really comfortable, really chill, sipping your double Midori on ice. And you shouldn't be drinking while pressing the buttons because that's why we have so many button pushing errors on this show. But I'll tell you, you look so good. You got the oils on too? Woo! Oh, and how much did you pay for shipping for that uh, silk pimp robe? Nothing. And you know why? Because it's free shipping worldwide. Oh my. We give the people what they want. We give them what they want, and what they want is free shipping worldwide. They don't want to worry about hidden extra costs. No, 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 no. You see the price on the website? That's the price you pay. Oh, you think that price is still too high? Okay, my muffins, my cherubs, my legends. How about I give you 5% off? 5% off everything. Use the code PODCASTEXCLUSIVE5. It's in the description. Use that code at checkout. You'll get 5% off everything. You want more? Well, sign up the Patreon. Park it in my firm, mate. Become a legend. You'll get an extra 20% off on top of that 5% off on top of everything else. And you know why I've done that. That's exactly right. Ah, give the people what they want. Gotta give the people what they want. What else do they want? Variety? Sizing? Oh, what? You put on a couple extra kegs. All right. You want to look good in that lighting for Valentine's Day coming up? Well, well never fear. The Cultipotamus is coming to the rescue because we've got sizes extra small to 5XL. And you know why I've done that? Because we want you to feel good and comfortable, even you big, chunky, husky boys. Yeah, we want you guys to look good because there's no reason you shouldn't. And you know why I've done that? It's because we give the people what they want. Well, where hell we But now, it's part two of our top 10 drivers of all time. I just need to break. Need to plug a bit of the merch, you know? Parkingmyfermate.com slash merch. But we're going to jump straight back in. Let's not dilly-dally. No, no, no. Not even with my homegirl Sally from the Valley. All right. Number five, Alan Prost. Now he is the biggest nose in Formula One. Alan Prost, look, I've got to have him at number five. Controversial, I know, and a lot of people are going to argue and complain that it's too high. And to those people, I say, piss off and eat a bag of dicks. Because Alan Prost has one of the greatest feuds in the sport with his fierce rival, Ayrton Senna. The two pushed each other to absolute limits and it came to a head in Suzuka multiple times, multiple years in a row as they fought hard for a championship. The man is the reason why France has won any world championships. No other French driver has come close and Prost has four of those bloody things. He raced in 199 races, 51 wins, 106 podiums, 33 pole positions, 41 fastest laps. His first win was a French Grand Prix. Well, back in 1981, that's a long time ago. For some reason, Alpine was still giving him cash for consulting work he did last season. Not really sure the reason why, because despite winning four titles, I don't think there's anything in his mind worth plucking at to give to your current drivers. A two-time world champ, Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon, a man that wasn't born while Prost was still relevant. But nevertheless, he was a great driver, a fierce competitor on the track, and in the mid-80s to mid-90s run in Formula 1, 
It was truly special and entertaining, and we cannot possibly keep Prost off this list. He'd be number one if it was a list of greatest noses in Formula One. Big Deep Danny Rick, number two. Number four on the top ten drivers of all time in Formula One is Juan Manuel Fangio. Now, this is well before I was born, but I made sure to look up some statistics and check out some footage of Fangio do his thing. Because the numbers never lie. And it's an absolute travesty looking around online and seeing that not a lot of people have this man in their GOAT conversation because Fangio is one of the greatest Formula 1 drivers of all time, period. He only raced in 51 races. But it was back in 1950, so you can give him a bit of a break there. There weren't as many races going on, and I'm sure he was off doing other things in between the races anyway. But... Of the 51 races, he managed to win 24 of them. How about that for fucking numbers, yeah? 35 podiums, 29 pole positions, 23 fastest laps. Those numbers aren't bad at all. But what's really impressive, the man won five world championships. One in his second year of racing in 1951, and then four in a row, 1954 to 1957. What's so impressive about Fangio and his dominance in this era of motorsport is that he's the reason that Sir Sterling Moss is the greatest driver to have never won a world title. And the more you actually think about that, the crazier it actually is. Number three, we're getting down to the nitty gritty and you know who the three that are going to be coming up. You have to know. Number three, Ayrton Senna. Now Senna, the charismatic playboy from Brazil, was an absolute superstar on the track. He was one of the drivers who tragically lost his life while competing back on the 1st of May 1994 in Imola. The greatest what if in Formula 1. What if Ayrton Senna survived? Or better yet, what if the crash never happened? We talked about it earlier on today. He died having only raced 161 races at the age of 34. He had 41 wins, 80 podiums, 65 pole positions, 19 fastest laps. Only 19 fastest laps and still managed to dominate the way that he did. That right there tells you just how good he really was, how much of a competitor he was. He had three championships, and although that's nothing less than half of what our last two drivers have achieved, he was able to accomplish those three championships at a younger age than both number two and number one on this list. It really makes you think that if he hadn't lost his life back in 94, how many more world championships would Senna have to his name? And doesn't that then impact Michael Schumacher's legacy? Because Michael won in 1994. We, I've talked about it a little bit earlier on. But without a doubt, even the small snapshot of his career that we actually got, it's still very easy to place him at the pointy end of this list of the greatest driver in Formula 1 history. Number two, Michael Schumacher. No greatest driver in Formula 1 list is ever complete unless... It has the name Michael Schumacher on it. The man was dominant. He flat out made the sport his and until Lewis Hamilton came along in that incredible Mercedes, Schumacher was the clear front runner in the debate on who was the greatest of all time, who the GOAT was in Formula 1. The man made the Ferrari his own when he arrived at the team and here's the reason why when you think of the Ferrari and that red beast, the prancing around the track, you immediately associate Schumacher with Ferrari. The man won seven world titles, five in a row with Ferrari and two with Benetton. He had 91 wins in his career, 155 podiums, 68 pole positions, not to mention his 77 fastest lap. 
People, I think, forget how dominant he was. In 2002, he podiumed in 17 of the 17 races. 100% of the races that season, he was first, second, or third. He had 11 firsts, five seconds, and only one third. It's a remarkable effort. Something I don't think we will see again in the sport for some time. Although Max Verstappen beat the record last year in terms of amount of podiums achieved in a season, there were five more races to do that. No one will get 100% podium success in a season for a long, long time. He was so dominant in 2002 that he secured the championship that year with six races remaining. That's over a third of the season still going. I wasn't a massive fan of Schumacher documentary. I, I didn't like that Schumacher documentary, but there is no doubt in my mind of just how good he is behind the wheel. It's heartbreaking that the tragic skiing accident has meant that he cannot watch his son race in Formula 1, and although many of us all hope and wish for a recovery for Michael, it's looking more and more likely that that will never come. But it's time for number one on the list, Sir Lewis Hamilton. I mean, it's a no-brainer in my eyes. I'm not even a massive fan of the man. I think he can drive lights out, and he has a resume that blows out most other drivers. He holds more records than vinyl stores, and although he is contemplating retirement, not going to bloody happen, I'm telling you that right now, he still has a lot left in the tank. The seven-time world champ was knighted. That in itself was a major accomplishment, but he was knighted while still competing in the sport at the highest level. He has over 100 wins, over 100 poles, and has had his way with a pussycat doll, Nicole Schwarzenberger, or whatever her name was. List of accomplishments. 103 wins, 182 podiums, 7 world championships, 103 pole positions, 59 fastest laps, all while racing in 288 races. The man entered the sport and immediately had an impact and hasn't really taken his foot off the gas. The guy has the most championships, most wins, most podiums, most poles, most wins in a rookie season, most wins in a season without a championship, most wins with the same team, most wins at the same Grand Prix, most wins at a home Grand Prix, most wins at different circuits, most wins from pole position, most seasons with a win, most consecutive seasons with a win, most wins in a calendar month, most career points, most points in a season, most points in a rookie season, youngest driver to lead the world championship, longest time between first and last championship, most races led, most laps led, and most pussycat dolls banged. I genuinely believe that if he'd won the World Drivers' Championship in 2021, he would have written, ridden off into the sunset with Roscoe and started recording some music, selling weird clothing and saving our planet. But he didn't. He's still here. So he should have a drive and hunger that is unparalleled to try and win drop World Drivers' Championship number eight and finally sit atop the throne as the GOAT but in my eyes, he already is. But what do you guys think? Let me know over at the socials. Do you agree with my top 10? Who have I missed out on? I've already had someone yell at me for not having Nigel Mansell in there, but uh, come on. Who's it kicking out? Let me know over at the socials at Parker Dibble, my firm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Guys, just a reminder, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PIMP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code PIMP. Help tame that love jungle you have in your pants with Manscaped. Link in description. But guys, that's going to do it for another show. Episode 105 is done and dusted. Episode 106, we're going to start the predictions for the 2022 season. So make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss out. And of course, head over to the socials. 
at Parker My Fermé, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And if you want to support the show, go to the Patreon link down below. Join up, sign up as a legend. Get yourself further discounts. Get yourself a shout out in every single episode because today we've got to acknowledge our Legends Club members up in the penthouse suite. As you can see there, Austin, the Queen, and of course, Caleb, who are enjoying themselves unlimited double Midoris on ice and extra discount codes in the merch store as well. But guys, as always, I've got to say, thanks for listening. Exactly right. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.